0: Sign up to Rough Trade Club, the ultimate subscription for vinyl enthusiasts. Get money off online and in store and access to sold out events and discounts at Rough Trade East, Rough Trade West, Bristol, Liverpool, and all over the UK. Join Rough Trade Club plus new music to receive an exclusive variant of their album of the month every month. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and when you use the voucher code Club101 Pod, you'll get a third off your first three months. That's at RoughTrade.com slash club, and you can get a third off your first three months by using the voucher code Club101 Pod. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that Distro Kid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. Distro Kid
1: To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hey, are you a super fan of Taylor Swift, Jelly Roll, or Morgan Wallen? Are you that song nerd who likes to dive into every little lyric of every little song and figure out what everything means? Do you want to take that a bit further, though? Because I have a podcast called Songwriter Soup, and it dives into the journey of a songwriter and how those people help craft the soundtrack of your life. I'm Laura Veltz. And I'm bringing all of my friends together to discuss our funny little job, writing for all of your favorite artists. Listen to Songwriter Soup wherever you get your podcasts. All
0: right, you're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs with me, Giles Bidder. For a large chunk of these older episodes, I've had to cut the original intros as part of a migration process. So all that means is we're going to get straight into the interview here with the name that you clicked on. No warm-ups, no preamble, just a straight one, two and in. You ready? One. Two.
2: Yeah, we moved at the in January. So that's why I'm on PST time. That's exciting. Not not just because I'm trying to like live that Hollywood time zone lifestyle over in New York <laughs> or anything. Live live in East Coast, but
0: do everything West Coast time.
2: Yeah, you know, I just you know. I guess, I don't know, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. But I want to be <laughs> in Hollywood, baby.
0: Well, speaking of work, we arranged this interview around some work that you've got going on, and yeah. I wanted to save it for this. So what, what are you up to right now?
2: Oh, shit. Um, uh, yeah, so I um, compose music right now for a show on Cartoon Network called Craig of the Creek. And I'm like... I. I'm up to like the 95th episode. Oh, wow. This has been in the last like two or three years that all that has gone down. Um, So what what does a normal day for you look like? It looks like I wake up around eight. um, I try and just get my brain started somehow in the morning, even though my brain does not really work in the morning. And then I sit in my uh, studio And I watch the cartoon and just write music along to it for until I get like a certain amount done. Uh, Usually it's like my time is like 10 to 8. Usually sometimes I end up working super, super late into the night because I can't figure it out. Um, But yeah, it's just it just kind of it's just this nonstop thing of like, okay, wake up, do this, wake up, do this. Uh, It's fun. It's sick. I, I really like the job. It is it, it's crazy how much time uh, it takes up, but uh, it's cool. I, I I feel bad that it takes up so much time.
0: <laughs> well, I'm so glad that sounds like an amazing job, an amazing gig for for someone like someone like you who's so animated. Yeah. And- <laughs> Thanks. It makes me I think, know. I mean, throughout all the bands that I've known you to be in, Arrogant Sons of Bitches and Bomb the Music Industry and Kudrow and, and all these other stuff, probably that, a bunch of stuff that I don't know. I mean, you must have had so many, so many jobs along, you know, along the way. What year did Arrogant Sons of Bitches start?
2: Yeah. So ASOB started in 1995, but I was like 13. So I don't, I don't know if like the first year or two of that band even counts that much uh but yeah it started in 1995 and we put out our first record in 1998 were you pretty i mean looking back now would you say that you were pretty ambitious teenagers uh there was a point where that kind of became the vibe i think we just we were in high school so we were just like let's we just all wanted to be in a band i think like i i was in a like i was in a band or two before that that were not one was like a ska band that I was playing bass in that I was like, very clearly like, uh, I don't know. I, at the time, I, like, I want to say it was too punk for it, but that makes me look like I'm the good person in this situation where I think I was just like, I don't know. Uh, I was in that band for a little bit and then I left. And then I was also in a hardcore band that I started with some friends, but like, we never even played shows or anything. So this was just like the band that like, I feel like a lot of our friends, uh, I don't know. We just ended up in. And then after a certain amount of time, I think we we're just like, what if we don't break up after high school's done? And we keep trying to do it. Uh, and that's kind of when it became like, okay, well let's figure out how to tour and let's try and do all these things and take it a little more, seriously, I guess. It's funny. It's, it's easy to be hesitant about that serious word, isn't it?
0: Because what you want to do in a punk yeah. rock band is like the antidote to that. You know, there's, there's a level of escapism that you're trying to, you know, just have fun.
2: Yeah, I think that honestly, the period of time that ASOB was taking itself seriously and like uh i don't know trying just trying to get on good tours and trying to uh get signed and all that stuff all like without the help of a manager all doing it ourselves but like i think that that period of time that we were taking seriously is maybe the only time i've ever taken my punk band seriously (laughs) i feel like i learned my lesson after that that like this just makes it not fun to hang out with your friends you know right and was that a big lesson for you Oh yeah, I I've made I feel like I've made a lot a lot of mistakes. I don't know. I mean, I don't like uh, with that. Yeah, I I don't even know if I'd call it a mistake. I think it is just learning. You know, it's something that I wouldn't necessarily do again. But of like, I don't know of any regrets I have in my life. I feel like that's at least one that I I learned from, and I feel like I came out of uh, really kind of understanding what my relationship to music is you know what i mean yeah totally i think you go through stages
0: of having you know a set of goals that you yeah try and work towards and you think oh well if i if i do that that can make me happy but um that's not <laughs> yeah. the reality most of the time <laughs> i right? feel
2: like that's where like that's where the trouble is is that that last thing was like and then and then i'll be happy it's like uh, it's like if you're not happy this stuff is a good it's it's not going to change that for you.
0: Yeah, I see it in sports a lot when they have interviews with players where, you know, they they're asking about their their progress and and a lot of players will just be like, well yeah, I'm, you know, I'm just keeping my head down and and playing, you know, I'm just trying to yeah. play my best game. Is there a similarity there?
2: Yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh I I think uh I think athletes have a really interesting parallel with touring musicians cuz they travel all the time, you know. I think about that when I'm watching basketball and just think like, man, this band's been on the road for like a week and a half in the middle of nowhere, like running around on a basketball court all night. That's nuts. Uh, Yeah. And people are going to analyze your every move. And if you do something different or
0: mess up, people are going to let you know.
2: Yeah. 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 That's another thing that like every, every fucking moment is critical in this weird way. Uh, which is like that, and like that's a good thing about like keeping your head down and trying to work and just like not even thinking about it. And that's that is uh, that's how I try to approach it all the time. Like, even I mean, obviously, I don't, it's impossible to ignore when things are getting better or things are getting worse and stuff like that. Um, but like, I don't know. I like with bomb, I feel like I kept my head so down and so like in it and just try to like do like whatever the fucking most radical thing i could think of was at the time that like i didn't realize that we had a fan base and that we were doing good i was just kind of focused on like you know just sending out emails and trying to book that next tour and being frustrated that like people wouldn't write me back and stuff like that you know
0: that's funny that you didn't know how many people were listening to it because to me you were kind of one of the first internet literate punk rock bands which means you can it's quantifiable data right you can see how many people are listening how many people are downloading
2: from quote unquote i never looked at them i like i looked at them like once i i feel like i would look at them like a month after the record came out look at how many downloads happened i'd be like oh shit uh and then i would convince myself that like that can't be right and then i would just like move on from it uh but it was before like people tracked like streams and shit like that you know what i mean yeah like i feel like i don't know we if we if i told you like we had like ten thousand people uh download scrambles like the first whatever it came out i like you wouldn't have any context for whether that was good or not like i sure didn't when i would see those things i'd be like Well, that seems like a lot, but is that a lot? Who cares? And then I just never would look at that stuff again. I suppose the kind of orthodox
0: way of being in a band and deciding how much work you put into it or how much time you put into it depends on how many people are listening, how many people are downloading or coming to the gigs. And in that sense, you've got two legs that are interdependent for each other to exist kind of like what you know one needs the other
2: sure yeah but uh and but i mean in in that context like i don't know i feel like it's nicer for the people who are who are listening to be the other foot because you're kind of all in it together you know i think that there's a way to approach it where the other foot is like is either press or management or all these other things that kind of like uh present your music for the world uh and that's kind of what helps it take off and i I don't know i i feel like i i i'm very fortunate and i much prefer like that it's kind of it feels like all of us are just in a place together when we're at a show you know what i mean
0: yeah i feel that and you're just so good at making that environment in recent years have you sort of leaned towards more you know that that professional leg of press and and record label stuff
2: oh yeah like especially yeah definitely I think like since uh as a solo artist uh I signed to side one dummy uh that was definitely like this weird uh leap of faith into something that I uh I was just like I, I like I knew aspects of it would make me anxious um, but at the same time, I was getting older. And uh, I don't know if you've ever heard this phrase, but YOLO, baby. So I was just like, fucking whatever. Let's see what happens if I try and like, do this thing where like, I, I am actually doing press for a record and have people promoting it and stuff like that. Um, you've had
0: friends you've had friends on that record label though and you know someone like jamie coletta i'd heard of her because she was such a good press person she was she was working at the label at the time right?
2: yeah uh, jamie jamie was a huge reason uh is a huge reason uh that like i ever even had the confidence to like tell anybody else about my music like just those conversations that we had very early on at side one because i like I didn't know who Jamie was at all. And I was going to ask my friend Talia to do press on the record. And Side One was basically like, well, we have this in house publicist. You should use her. And I was like, okay. Uh, and we met. Uh, and we had met beforehand. I was like, okay. Yeah. Jamie's nice. I, that It would be weird for me to be like, no, use my friend. Uh, so, and like some of the first conversations that we had with each other, uh, I don't know. She just made me feel okay about, I don't, maybe about being. I don't want to say being proud of my music because that feels like a very strong statement, but just like feeling like I made a good record and, and like not feeling stupid for wanting to present it in just a very honest way. You know, uh, I feel like a lot of people, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like in general, there's just this vibe of like, well, what angle can you work to like get this into this outlet or to have it skew more indie or have it skew more like hot topic or like fuck or whatever. And those were not conversations that we had. I feel like if I'd spoken to somebody who was like, all right, let's we need to have your press photos be this way or this way or whatever. Uh, I might not have really. I don't know. I might have just be like fuck this (laughs) just like not not tried at all and not done anything else been like that was a weird experiment you know there are some people that can just help you frame yourself into something that you do like
0: and frame your art to the outside world in a way that you agree with
2: yeah yeah it's uh it's interesting because at the end of the day you're selling something and like uh that's just something that i've always that with music, especially, I, is, I've I've always just felt conflicted about about like turning, uh, you know, turning something that is just something that I'm hopefully making from an honest place within myself, and trying to parlay it into this uh, capitalist system that I think is flawed and fucked up. You know,
0: I com- I completely understand. I mean, it's it, that 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 angle comes up in these chats all the time because you know you're trying to do something that you love in a way that you agree with and and that's a battle sometimes speaking of uh, Jamie Coletta, Jeff i uh i got bitten back in the day when i was when i was playing in Jeff <laughs> when i was playing in Great Cynics i got bitten oh, by the, the oh, email yeah. the email chain by saying that um something that i i thought the label was too big for us so you I, didn't say that didn't really, you oh, didn't say oh, you oh, no. thought it might be too big for you <laughs>
2: i feel like it was something that was condescending i don't remember but i remember being like oh that's not good (laughs) well maybe it's not too late to say sorry speaking of mistakes i think so you can say you're sorry (laughs) i don't remember what it said though i just remember being like oh shit that's not good (laughs) oh man
0: you got to be careful about that email chain don't you
2: yeah i i uh i'm very thankful for the gmail undo button i use it frequently (laughs) i know i know the second i hit send that i'm that is not ready to go yet i I like edit emails like for 20 minutes even if it's just writing back and saying hello i feel like i fucking hate emails stresses me out when i when i think of jeff rosenstock
0: when i think of you i think about how much time you must have spent on emails what do you mean because the internet's
2: your tool like that's your that's your concept Well, yeah, but I mean, well, sometimes it was fun, though, because like especially with bomb stuff like uh, and this is great because we're talking about jobs uh, like I would I had a BlackBerry and while I was like at work, I would just like be working on my computer with one hand, like scanning in photos and stuff. And then like with the other hand, like underneath my desk, be on my space and like writing people back and be like yeah, we could play this. Yeah, we have that date available. We want to play Cincinnati. Like, what do we do? Can it be an all ages show? It's just like booking tours while I was working at the same time. Uh, Like a true professional. That was one. Yeah, that's a job that I had. It was a temp job at a um, book publishing company called Dover Publications. uh, And it was sick, man. Any graphic design job I ever had, I was just like, I'm in heaven. I love doing graphic design and it comes pretty easy to me. Uh, I like working in an office where I'm doing graphic design because I feel like uh, the graphic designer at an office is always doing something that like the other people who work there don't or not everybody, but like a lot of people who work there don't understand like how easy it is to do the job. And they're was like, wow, you did that. You're like, yeah uh what kind of stuff were you working on uh so they they do like coloring books um old like archival uh engravings i don't really know how to describe the engravings but imagine like you know if you look up like a picture of uh like an old ass building and it's like really really fine detail like uh line art that's they did that stuff um they did like uh like kind of like just reproducing educational books from like the 60s and the 70s or like you know art guides and stuff like that um I had like a really weird photo series I'll I could probably fucking find it I don't know how to find it somewhere in my email but like scanning in like photos of just naked people like playing leapfrog with each other just so you could get like a a nah. visual of the human form fascinating uh that was something it was it was just like yeah it was just a standard ass book job uh it was fun though I, I like the first time the first stretch that i had there as a temp uh i got to do a lot of like developing photos in the uh in the dark room uh to to see if like the blacks were good or see if all the contrast came out, like to see if anything was getting lost once it got developed. And that was really, really fun. I liked being in a dark room, even though I feel like I wasn't really doing all that much, except standing in the dark room waiting for something to get developed. It was like a pretty cool ass aspect of that job for a second. Working in design and,
0: you know, aesthetics, that's a job that goes hand in hand with playing in a band, right? You know, having yeah. that tool to make, flyers or or t-shirt designs
2: yeah i well i think yeah you you gotta right i mean i i started doing graphic design because i like i was both making fake album art for my fake band that didn't exist and writing fake interviews with people uh for my fake zine that wasn't real when i was like 10 11 12 years old and i was just like I want to write a magazine. I want to make a record. I got to learn how to use print shop or like I got this shareware version of Corel draw. I got to figure out how to lay stuff out. And then, you know, that eventually moves to like making a shitty webpage for your band at the time or like doing like tape layouts and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, like I, I don't know. I realize like, Oh shit, I'm a graphic designer. Huh. Have you been quite good at being business
0: minded and crafty and kind of
2: keeping your rates good? Yes and no. Like I, if I got a corporate job, I feel like I would just throw out a number that sounded insane to me, and they would be like, "Okay." And I would just, and that's what I was talking about, where it's like I don't think people know how easy graphic design is, uh, and I was just like, "All right, fucking thirty five bucks an hour, sure thing, gimme, gimme, gimme." Uh, and then like. I would work these jobs for, uh, you know, between two and six months or maybe less. Uh, And then I'd have money that would last me for like two years because I was, I'm just a thrifty person. Uh, And I could just live off of it. Like that, I, the first, like that job that I got where I was scanning, which was like the first good one of those jobs that I got. Like I feel like after I got that job, I was set. For a pretty long time. And then once that money started running out, and because I'd moved to Georgia and then move, moved back to New York uh when i moved back to new york they called me up it asked me if i wanted that job again and i was like this is sick yep thanks so yeah i was i'm crafting it that way but like when it comes to doing freelance stuff for friends or even like trying to seek out my own work i've never known what rate to charge because the rate the graphic designer charge that graphic designers charge to me seems fucking like bonkers and like unfair it's like how could anybody afford that So I was always thankful to have like jobs through temp agencies with like at places where I knew that they're familiar with paying this amount and I didn't have to feel bad about taking the money. But whenever it's like a person who wanted a website made, I feel like I'd be like, yeah, okay, 200 bucks, you know, or like that's kind of how it was when I was like doing recordings for bands and stuff, too. I feel like. I don't know, when I was starting out, I would charge $100 a day. And then like eventually I might charge $200 for a full day just because I was just like, I don't know. It seems crazy to charge for this. I'm having a fun time, you know? And you can kind of see how that turns into a full-time job pretty quickly.
0: I mean, where were you at at that point with kind of juggling the band and working those two things
2: symbiotically? At that po- I I was just... Being in a band is fun, man. Like, I, I didn't even connect I and I I've never connected that those that the that my work brain and my band brain were the same thing so it was just kind of like I don't know like when I talk about booking tours like under the table or in the bathroom while I was at these jobs like it kind of felt like like those scenes in like movies where like a kid puts like a comic book and like, in like the middle of the pages of a textbook and he's like, ah, ha, ha, I'm, I'm not really studying. You know what I mean? Uh, that's what it felt like to be doing that stuff. So it didn't really feel like work. It was fun. You know, that's what I wanted to do in my spare time, which is, is play music. and drink beers with my buddies, you know? Right. But then playing in
0: a touring band in North America is hard, right? I mean, some of those drives are just insane.
2: Yeah. Uh, like a five, six hour drive is pretty normal and you'll get some fucking massive drives. So there, um, there must've been times for you where you just
0: kind of didn't enjoy it like that.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, there have been, and, uh, I feel like, uh, you know, some of those times, I don't know. At the same time, there's never been, there's been so few shows I could think of. And I'm just saying that because I can't think of any right now where like, as I was playing the show, that I was like, I don't want to be here. Like even in my darkest moments of like ASOB tours and stuff like that, Like, I got a lot of joy out of, like, antagonizing the crowd and, like, you know, kind of harnessing, like, all the darkness inside me to, like, play a show that I felt was, like, even if it was really fucked up, that it was, like, really memorable and that it was, like, something worth doing and something that people, that I at least would remember, you know? Uh, So, yeah, like, there's, there's, there hasn't been, like, I don't know. There, there's times when it gets hard, but there's, there's uh, I don't know. Yeah, sure. There's times where you don't want to do it.
0: <laughs> Has anything rivaled playing in a band for you full time in terms of, you know, a career? Nothing
2: real, you know. Uh, like I would do, there was time I would like make websites in the, I, if any graphic designer who's in a band is listening to this, they know that like sometimes you just have your laptop in the van and you're working in the van, like through like some, This is like before mobile hotspots were good. So through like a 56 K connection on my phone, just like trying to update websites and stuff like that. Um, I've always, when it's come down to like, are you going to be in a touring band or are you going to do this job? I've always just chosen being in a band because I I've, I've always just kind of like separated, like, okay, so work is how I make my money and my band is the thing that is me. You know, my music is me. It's like, it's, it's essential to surviving for me. Uh, so whenever those things came up, I don't know. At that, gra- at that book job, that was a, that was fucking dark and lame. Cause like before I left for the tour that I was pretty sure I was going to get fired for going on, uh, I had to train everybody to basically eliminate my position there. <laughs> uh that was that was a lame couple of days (laughs) when you got the craig of the creek
0: job did that come as a a sort of fully formed full-time thing
2: no it it came to me as the pilot for the show um and i just i like leapt to the phone when i got the email i was just like yes 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 i want to write music for a cartoon um and then it got picked up Uh, and when it got picked up for 20 episodes, I was just like, Hey, I, I don't know if you're getting like a professional person to do this, but I want to do this job. Uh, please. Like if my name's in the running, I would love it. I would love to do this. Um, and then I got the job and I was really excited. I was like, okay, I got 20 episodes. That's cool. I kind of figured out. I booked like a, like a few very short tours uh, to do when we put out the record post. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. And then we're going to put out that record with no notice. And so we'll just do these short tours. It'll be cool. I'll be able to feel the situation out, whatever. Um, and then, uh, like two days after we put out post, I got an email that was like, okay, we got picked up for 80 episodes. Are you in or are you out? And I was just like, this is the job I've always wanted. This is going to be crazy, but I'm in you know excellent and that required moving to the west coast did it uh no but i kind of i mean i did i did a lot of the show before i moved out here i i just moved out here recently i kind of it's just there's a lot of reasons for moving out here i kind of felt like if i want to keep doing this it would be cool to like meet other people who do this and like i don't know just be around like if i ever I don't know. I got my foot in the door of a weird world here, Giles. And I didn't like get here because I have a, uh, manager or an agent, like helping it happen. So I was just like, all right, I don't know if I'm ever going to get this chance again. I should probably like move out here where first of all, I have more, I'm not like in a closet working anymore, which is nice. And I have family out here, which is nice and friends out here. Uh, but also like maybe I can meet some people who make movies and try and like make music for movies. And if that doesn't work out, that doesn't work out. It's totally cool. But it's kind of like the side one dummy thing where it's like, all right, let's see. Uh, let's see how far I could push this. Uh, but then also on the other hand, it's like, I like I'm working on this uh, collaborative creative project, Craig of the Creek. And uh Everybody who works on it is in one place and I'm the only person who's working isolated in a closet on the other coast. So it's just kind of nice to be out here when like, I don't know, like they had their a little party. They had a little party. They had a party for the 100th episode and it was just cool to be like, oh, I could just get in my car and go to that instead of be like, feel disconnected, you know? You say you've got your foot in this weird little world. I mean, what's
0: your... What's your outlook on all that right now?
2: I don't know, man. Like, I I think just the world as a composer. Like, do you know how to fucking become a composer? I don't. Like, if I if I tried to figure out how to do this, I wouldn't. Have, I wanted to do this. I like asked in the time in between my solo band and bond in the music industry. Uh, I'd ask the publishing company I was working I was like, hey, help me get jobs writing songs for movies. Help me, like, I want to do this stuff. And I, like, I scored like a short film that a friend had edit in i scored like a uh, a long form dick sporting goods ad uh that a friend asked me to do and that was it i was like oh i guess i'm never gonna do this so i feel like now that i feel like now that i'm in i just like okay i just like i just want to keep doing this you know what i mean
0: has you as your recording setup changed making making music for for the tv show as opposed to your normal solo setup
2: no, I mean, I've upgraded it. That's for sure. Uh, like I have, uh, I must have, I wonder when I, I, I got like a nice interface. Um, I, uh, I've i gotten a lot of like very good orchestral samples that were pretty costly, but I think that they improved uh, my work for the show tremendously. Like I don't really think I'd be able to make, a believable orchestral score Without the stuff that I've cool. got um, But it is like oh it's still the same Fucking computer that like I recorded I look like shit on And <laughs> That's it's great. still like you know It's just my keyboards and stuff Like that I they, like I don't Know uh, I've, I've added some Outboard gear just because I feel like I should learn it but I you Know I don't know the first 20 Episodes of the show I did on A fucking laptop with a with a like hundred dollar interface just because I was I wanted to do it that way. You know what I mean?
0: Were you ever scared that they you know, that it sounded kind of not professional enough to them? Like, you know,
2: Jeff, why did it sound like this? I'm scared every time I said to episode that I'm gonna have that happen. Uh but I know that like uh the creators are fans of my of my music outside of this show. Uh and it seem and from what they tell me, unless they're all lying, which does not seem in their personalities to do so but the crew of the show uh, is happy with the music so uh you know i dodged the bullet there and they like it <laughs> great to hear so far you've only talked about
0: jobs that you, you do like uh, we got to talk about we've got to talk about some crap jobs on here jeff
2: well i had the, the there's a job where i broke my foot because i was hanging a sign at a production job in a the table that i was standing on collapsed and i just slid down to the ground and broke my foot. Oh no. Uh that job was fine though. Uh i had a job where uh this this is like right when i first, when me and Christine first moved back to new york uh and we were it was we were like couch surfing, sometimes staying at my parents' place but I think at this point we were staying with our friends, James and Amy and like watching their dog during the day and sleeping on their couch in their living room for a while. Uh, And I got this temp job that I was really excited about. uh, And it ended up just being me pushing a soda cart around to these three different conference rooms in this bank uh, or in this like financial firm and making sure that like every fridge and every conference room had Four Diet Cokes, two Coca-Colas, two Sprites, two grape sodas, four seltzers, two apple juices, two orange juices, and six bottles of water. And then go to the next one, making sure it had that. Then go to the next one, making sure it had that. And then just kind of standing there because I wasn't allowed to look at my phone or look at the internet. Uh, I just kind of standing there. And then eventually... Going back to that other conference room, replacing the one soda that got drank and doing that uh, for a while. Uh, and that job was short lived.
0: <laughs> I think that would give me so much OCD, you know, especially with those kinds of menial tasks. I would make sure that all the cans are facing the right way or the way that I want them to. Do you, do you have anything like that?
2: No, I, I do kind of, but I don't, uh, man, I, any, maybe I did. And it was just a thrill to feel OCD about it and uh, have something to do. Like, not only do I have to put these cans in this cooler, but I also have to face them. That was like a big, I feel like I got, when I was doing bike delivery uh, for a pizza place, uh, I got very into, in my downtime, facing all my bills so that they all face the right way. And that's something that kind of stuck with me throughout being in a touring band now, is that whenever we have like door money or merch money, I get very OCD about the bills not facing the right way. I think it's so interesting how we can let that stuff control us sometimes. And it's like, why? Who fucking cares? I feel like I bid to the bank depositing money and all the bills that are facing one way get in and then the bills that aren't facing that way don't get in and they give me this look of of uh, shame And I'm just like, no, I'm sorry. I know you've had a long day and I'm just driving around my friends, eating snacks and talking shit and drinking beers. Why didn't I face these bills for you? And did you find it hard ever to find a job? Did you ever go through like pretty dry periods
0: where you just couldn't find something? When
2: we were living in Queens, like around the time that the record Goodbye Cool World came out. uh, And that was like the first apartment I'd ever lived in. And uh, my job as an art director at a club in Long Island had ended unceremoniously when the venue closed Um, and I had some money saved up and I was good, but it was very much just like, I don't know. I always, I I was lucky enough to be able to fake my way into one or two like graphic design jobs where like I worked for a day or two and I would make like a hundred or 200 bucks uh, and pay the bills. I like, I, or like being on Craigslist and just like, oh God, like scouring through these like graphic design gigs where somebody's like, I need somebody to resize 500 photos. I'll give you $50. And then I'd write back and be like, I'll resize your 500 photos for $50. And then they'd write back, somebody said they'd do it for 40. And then I'd be like, I'll do it for 35. And then like, not hear back and be like, I'll do it for 30. Like, I've had, moments like that uh eventually i i uh you know i i don't know just sometimes but i i just have always managed to find the work though when i've when i've needed to i think or maybe i'm just you know maybe just those weeks and weeks of being unemployed and not being able to find a job i have like Not, I don't have too many memories of them because it's just me sitting on the computer going, fuck, fuck,
0: you know? And you must have been doing this for so long. I mean, the last 15 plus years. I mean, playing music isn't, you know, a solid linear life.
2: Yeah, I I think I was really lucky to work at that club in Long Island right when I got out of school uh, and to eventually, like go from my title there being graphic designer and just making the flyers to becoming the art director there, which I think they just did because I asked for a raise from like $6 to $8. And I, or I probably asked for like, Hey, can I get like 12 bucks an hour? They're probably like, well, and I know for sure they were like, we'll give you $8, half on the books, half off the books. But then also we will call you an art director. Uh, and you, and that's your new title. That's what your raise comes with. And I remember thinking, like, this is bullshit. Like, this doesn't change anything. Um, but then on my resume, I got to write down that I was an art director at a club. And I think that that, like, at the very least, like, got me into these, like, one or two gigs where i was like yeah i know how to make a website and then just like go and like do a very bad job for a day get my two hundred dollars and I never get called back again
0: you know do you think it was a, it was a timing thing as well because around that time the internet was starting to take hold of its presidents so. yeah uh
2: i i i think so yeah but i mean i don't know i kind of prefer i would have preferred if i only had gotten like print graphic design jobs to be honest with you. I I didn't realize until like my last like real graphic design job that like the world of web and the world of print are actually just supposed to be two different kinds of people who were doing that. I just thought you have to do all the things that are on the computer. Uh, so I I don't know. Um, I definitely got more web jobs because of that. I got one very weird job where I, which I think like my parents computer guy uh, knew this other guy who wanted help with his website. Um, and his website was this thing called fun surcise, which was his wife doing exercise videos for senior citizens that were fun. Uh, and so I would like drive out to, and I was like, okay, I'm going to make a website for this guy. Cool. Um, and I would drive out to his house in long Island from Queens, uh, and I would just sit there as he would, like, go on Google and basically talk about, like, try to get his web presence up and be like, see, when I search senior exercise video fun, fun is on the second page, three down. But when I when I search resistance bands, videos, workout seniors, it's number three. But when I Google this thing and it was like one of those websites with like a crazy amount of text just because they're trying to get every meta tag and every spider to like spit it out into the world. And I remember just being like, I like I'm getting paid here to do literally nothing for this person except for watch him Google his own website. Uh, And then eventually uh, his wife like brought in smoothies uh, one day with uh, cholesterol in them. And, they were like, oh, cholesterol is good for you. And he was like, do you know what cholesterol is? I was like, no, nah, I guess I probably heard of it. And he goes, it's what comes out when you suck on your girlfriend's tit. And I was like, what? And then it was apparently like breast milk smoothies that I was drinking. And I never went back. No fucking way. Yeah, it was a weird thing. Is that is that abuse? I Well, they, is, is it abuse if you think you're doing something that's increasing my health and helping? Uh I it was it was very weird. I don't know. Maybe it was powdered breast milk. Maybe it's just the thing that's in breast milk. I don't know, but I got freaked and I was like, "Cool." So, uh see you next week, <laughs> and I just never went back. Oh man, I love just the ditching work stories. I'm a big big fan of the quitting on the spot. Oh. I cold left a job interview once where I kind of basically got called out for like not knowing how to do the thing that I said I knew how to do. It's the only job interview I've ever been on where I've done a good job in the interview. And I was like, "Oh shit, I got this!" And I like, they're like, "All right, we're gonna run you through a test on Photoshop." In the other room, I'm like, great. And I like went in the other room. They're listening to the Deltron thirty thirty record, and it's just everybody at computers. I was like, "Ah, this is where I want to be. I want to be a graphic designer." And I like, I got up to the computer, and it was just they were asking me to use the pen tool in Photoshop to create a clipping mask, which at the time I didn't know how to do, which currently I still don't know how to do well with a pen tool, but I just like, I stood there and I was like, yeah, yeah, I got this. And then when they left, I just walked out and never talked to them again. Christ. (laughs) What's your relationship with your parents like?
0: I mean, what was it like when you first started
2: touring Er early on? I, I don't know. They probably just had the concerns that any parent has, which is like, uh, are you going to be able to support yourself? You know? Um, but I was, so it kind of just, you know, I think they I think they were always concerned that the other, like, when is the other shoe going to drop with me, like touring and not really making much money and like having these kind of fleeting jobs every now and then. Uh, and, it's but then the weird thing that I think happened that I didn't expect was that like when bond the music industry stopped, I remembered like being in the car with my parents and Christine as we were like driving to visit family uh, on a, on Christmas and just talking about it and all three of them being like, "Yeah, you, what do you?" And BB like, "Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna do this tour shit anymore." Like I. I'm stressed. I'm stressed trying to figure out how to make money and then go on tour, then how to make money and go on tour then how to make money and go on tour. Like I, I feel like I'm spending I like I don't know what I'm doing here. Uh, but you know, uh I think I need to stop making music and just kind of focus on be doing graphic design and I'm like happy with what I've done with bomb and all of them were just like you that's stupid. You should definitely not stop making music. And I remember just be like, what? I thought that (laughs) this band was something that was irritating to everybody because i am just always like, you know, a fucking weird hobo person. who's just like, you know, sleeping on floors at friends houses all across America. And then coming home and like, you know, scrambling to find like whatever job I can, that, that will have me for like a month or two, you know? Uh, but they they were very uh very weirdly supportive uh after bomb broke up for me to like continue to try and pursue music uh which i i don't know if i would have in my 30s if like we hadn't had that conversation i probably would have just i probably would have gone to school for like ux and tried to figure out how to do that uh which would have i would have been way less happy than I am now making music for this cartoon, you know?
0: And No Dream is so good, man. I'm I'm convinced it's your best record yet. Thanks, Giles. I like it. And it sounds harsh. I mean, it sounds, it's punk. It's a punk one for sure. Which is maybe a strange thing to say because some of the bomb stuff was was harsh in places, but this has an aggression.
2: I think we just try to make the guitars sound like less, <laughs> less like discernible notes more and more. Every record is just like... How many fuzz pedals can we run this thing through? <laughs> <laughs> and it's out on Polyvinyl. And you've been
0: working with Polyvinyl for, for a little bit now. And I mean, how, how's that there? I know Chris Farron, your good friend, is has been with them for a few years.
2: Oh, everybody there is really nice. They're really supportive. They're kind to me when I'm like, hey, I just want to put this record out and I don't want to sit on it anymore. Uh, They're really nice with that with No Dream. And they were cool with the uh, no announcement thing for post. It's cool. Uh, it's neat. I mean, that label started with uh Matt and Matt and Darcy like tabling at shows with a distro. At, like at like DIY shows. So it's uh, cool to be kind of part like part of this label that has really long independent lineage.
0: Well, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on. What's next for you right now?
2: I don't know. Uh, I I got a bunch of Craig the Creek, and I guess we wait until. We, uh, I don't know. We wait until our country and the world deals with this pandemic, and then we could go on tour again.
0: All right. Nice one, Jeff.
2: Thanks, Giles.
0: Go back to the dole queue. Please don't tell Pete from the pub because he'll judge me. But I don't mind. I've been paying my taxes on time I'm not central, not essential I've never worked for the NHS Yet I've clapped hands and I beat pants Put away the kitchen utensils now Don't let your P45 give you chills Because we need jobs We need 101 part-time jobs